Hey Derek, what up, Jay? How you doing today, man? Doing pretty good, bro. Ah, well, uh, here it is, another episode of this show. Nobody's stopped us yet, so that's good. You're still going. I know it's a whole two times. No stopping us. Okay, I don't know what you're doing. Are you remember? I'm the rapper. Let's go. Nope, I'm the rapper. I can't. I can't be the hype man. I. Mm, I don't know. Do you have another hype man that's in the room that I don't know about? Um, Panda's not here? No. Yeah, uh, we should tell the people we're no longer at the baby studio any longer. We are now in a professional office. I don't know. Is this, it feels like a professional office because it has no decorations. It's just like a white room. Wow. Like, a, like a padded room? A no, white padded room? I mean, there's an tons asylum. of computers. It feels like I'm in a call center. Like a call center office. This is exactly what you're in. You're in a call center office right now. Okay, well, that's how it feels. And, but where's your kitten posters? <laughs> <laughs> kitten posters? Yeah, is that a like, common yeah, like, call center staple? What, yeah, with like a cat, and he's like hanging on, just hanging there. He's like hanging on the, hanging on the ledge. And it's like, yeah, hang in there. Don't, don't quit. You can do it. <laughs> I've, I've worked in a call center for five years, okay. and I have yet to see a c- cat poster. Yes, everybody loves cat posters. A motivational cat poster at yes. that. Yes, yes. Or it's all meow. Meow. So to unpackage what we're referring to in being in this office, we're in uh, one of the bedrooms of my house. And uh, it was one of the bedrooms that we I use for an office as I work from home for the call center. I think Jay, Jay said last time I, I'm not able to use the word nationwide. Why? Um, I mean, we don't really know if you can or not. And I don't think anybody's going to I thought you us. said it was because you wanted a royalty or you wanted some kind of uh, I feel like, yeah. incentive. Because, you know, we're on our side. Not nationwide. I'm just saying. Yes, sir. Got a little workout in here at the house. Oh, that's cool. Friend Sergio came by. Got a chance to cook a couple of chicken legs, some zucchini, and some asparagus for dinner. And then you showed up. I did. I I showed up because I told you I was coming. It wasn't like I surprised you and said, hey, we're recording the podcast right now. That's right. And we actually set this up. So I feel like right now you're like, I was surprised to see you. And that's weird. I mean, yes. All right. First off, I'm sorry for being late. Okay. I said 10. I really didn't get here until 1030. That's my bad. If it makes you feel better, it was because I was standing in the back of my truck, my car, with two mic stands and a mic, and I forgot my keys. And then I had to make a decision. Don't want to leave all this equipment right beside my car, right beside the trash can, so then somebody could take it, just so I can go get my keys, because I didn't want to carry everything back. So what I did is I like hid the mic stands in between like a truck and my car, praying that nobody decided, oh, look, somebody left some mic stands for me to take. 
Uh, it is close to the dumpster. Maybe they thought, hey, somebody wants to throw out some perfectly good, I mean, half perfectly good mic stands. So how late were you again to show up? I would say 30 minutes. 30 to 40, yeah, huh? I, I would say 30 And minutes. this took you 30 to 40 minutes? Uh, I mean, I didn't actually leave the house until 10. Okay. 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 Yeah. I mean, that's what happened. Uh, I mean, I was trying to get everything together, but it's no excuse. I mean, I think there, there was something... Oh, I did make sushi for the wife today. You know, uh, what I, what I, what I do, would, would want to emphasize and eventually put on the show, maybe not this time, but okay. at some point in time, talk about uh, how to deliver an effective apology. <laughs> and you, you did decent. Oh, I did? You did okay. decent. I thought you were really like, you failed. You're fired. <laughs> I was like, dang. You're going to make me cry at the beginning of the podcast? That makes lots of sense. Well, it's a fascinating concept because as people, we mess up, let each other down, disappoint one another. Not that I'm disappointed or let down by you showing up a little bit late. Sure. Completely fine. But <laughs> it's I, expected. <laughs> but I, I, when I see so much conflict between people and people don't actually know how to resolve it and they yeah. don't know the right words and phrases that really resonate with somebody else to resolve conflict and create a healing and to move on, then I know there's a significant need for understanding how to deliver effective apologies that resonate, connect, and bring resolution. Wow. And I do consider myself a professional apologizer, being that I work in a call center and I work with insurance. Those two concepts, um, I mean, nobody ever calls your insurance company to say how much you love your insurance and how much you love your prices, anything like you call there when you have problems. Ring, ring, ring. Thank you for calling. This is Derek. How may I help you? Hello, Derek. My name is Jason, and I'm with your insurance company. And I just wanted to say, I love you, and I think that y'all's product is amazing. It just made my day. You know that I was actually driving a motorcycle with my wife, oh my soon-to-be wife, and she actually got in an accident. And your insurance company was able to actually take care of us. What I didn't know is that y'all had a sweet um, marriage thingy. So, like, if you're about to get married, you get this cool, like, extra thing. That's amazing. I didn't call for anything. I just wanted to call and say hi. And thank you. You are one gracious member. And we cherish your loyalty. We value you and your payments to us. Wait, are you being sarcastic right now? Are you? Oh, I mean, really? Really? I came to tell you thank you. And now you're like being sarcastic and mean? Can I talk to your supervisor? I am the supervisor. And I happened to pick up this call because I wanted to serve you directly. (laughs) Well, your serving is terrible. But why are you laughing? I don't know. Because I randomly made a phone call in the middle of this podcast as you were telling a great story. And this is how my life is. So, I forget what, the, one thing I didn't do from our first podcast, I haven't listened to it, so I don't remember what I talked about then. So, do people know that I work in a call center at Nationwide and I'm a supervisor there? I I don't remember about you mentioning you were a supervisor, but it is that you work at Nationwide and that you... Work there with them. I so I didn't add any extra things to it. No, the only reason I mentioned that is because just how you illustrated right now, people often, when they're unsatisfied with the service or with the information provided, they'll ask for their supervisor. So I'm, I feel adequately 
prepared for apologies in many areas of my life. On top of that, I make a lot of mistakes. So a lot of opportunities to apologize at work, a lot of opportunities to apologize in my marriage, a lot of reason to a lot of opportunities to apologize in my friendships. So would you say that I'm <laughs> I've taught you how to be a good apologizer because my life is a giant uh, accident that I've caused. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I feel like I'm apologizing all the time in every situation. I even this week at work like uh, my boss was like describing to me, my boss. I was really late. I was trying to get all this stuff done, and I came back, and then he was helping me take my a power washer off um, my truck, and he was telling me to slow down, and I didn't hear him, and I just did it quickly, and then that didn't go well. But it was like I wasn't doing it on purpose. I was doing it because I was tired and sunburned. But, you know, uh, and all I did was go, dude, I'm really sorry. I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to offend you. Please, please. I'm really, really sorry. And he's like, well, you know, your actions speak louder than your words. And I'm like, well, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how to be any better than that. And, and I feel like, you know, I'm, my wife luckily knows that I'm just going to be a goofball half of the time. Um, but she's there and she loves me and. I think that's good, but yeah, I think that that's the trick with um, with apologies is that you <laughs> you just can't take life too seriously. Or you're gonna freak out all the time. Absolutely, you know. In in for, the, for our listeners out there, um, they, 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 one of the the best books on the topic um, that I, I have actually is called the the Five Languages of Apology, and uh, Gary Chapman along with Jennifer Thomas, uh, wrote the book. And Gary Chapman, some people, um, he's most known for the five, lang- the five uh, love languages. But he, he wrote the, also the five languages of apology. And uh, it so sounds is he, like... Is he all about five? Five. Is it like him and Booker T, friends? Because he's the five-time, five-time WCW champion. Sorry. That's a great question. I don't know the answer. I mean, is every one of his books like the five love languages, the five things, five things I love about you by Gary Chapman? The five appreciation languages. Yeah. But back back to your boss. So your boss mentioned your action is more important. So likely his apology language is repentance. And the way you express that verbally is you, you commit to doing your best not to do that again. You can't guarantee not to do it again, but as people, you can commit to trying not to repeat the offense. And you know what's funny is like actually that totally makes sense because I was having another situation. As in, again, my life is interesting, but I had had problems with having my truck clean at the end of the day, and I deal with paint all day, and paint gets on it, and I'm messy. If you see my own car at home, you'll see that it's dirty, and uh, it's not my biggest, my strongest feat. But uh, one of the things I mentioned is I wanted to get better at it. And so I told him some ideas. And uh, he was like, man, I really love those ideas. I love that you want to try to change it. And so then I, that makes sense. But I don't know how to repent at the moment. And it doesn't help that I was out in the sun for like two hours straight and didn't take a break. Oh, I took a break, but I didn't take a break. You know what I'm saying? Like out of the heat. Mm. So it was just like, it was rough. Yeah. But... It's what it is. 
Indeed, my friend. Well, did you ask me about me and my day? How was you and your? How was your day? It was good. I um. Uh, what did I do today? I uh, my wife was off today, so. It, you know, uh, that was cool. You know, and really, we're like a week away from the baby. So, I mean, pretty much every day she's off. But she works next week, and I work next week. But uh, we're we're going to be um, having the baby on a Monday, or we're going to try to have the baby on a Monday. So, that'll be fun. And um, so today was just like, hey, let's just chill. And um, we had a doctor's appointment at 9 which took forever, like three hours, like, no, sorry, nine, two hours, which is just us sitting in a room and then some weird stuff that our listeners don't need to know about uh, because pregnancy is weird, just saying. Our baby was having a good time, so. Um, but after that, then we went to, uh, we actually, so uh, what happened was is that sometimes I have, the thing you don't know about me is I wear a size 14 shoe and I'm only five foot seven. Um, and it's annoying when as a kid, I used to be like, sweet, I wear a size 14. That means I'm going to be six foot four. Me and David Robinson are going to hang out. <laughs> These are the things that I was like excited about. I even had a pair of size 14 Kobe Bryant's when they first came out. The first ones, mm-hmm. the Adidas ones. And uh, I had those and I was like, this is awesome. But I never grew any taller. Mm. I just was like, actually, at that time, I might have grown taller, but I never grew higher than five foot seven. So anyways, I got some big giant feet. Like my pinky is as long as my longest finger, which you can't see that, but Derek can, and he agrees. Your pinky is as long as your longest finger. I meant toe. (laughs) Think about the image of Jason (laughs) with his pinky as long as his longest finger. As long as my middle finger? Yeah. All right. You know what? I can edit that out and then make you look crazy. (laughs) That's the best part about being the original editor of this. But you're right. I meant to say toe. My My pinky is as long as my longest toe. Do you see that? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so nobody else can see that. Maybe I'll put a picture up for you on the Twitter. Uh, maybe I won't. I don't know. That is <laughs> what I'm in the mood for. You know, like last week I put up the sock monkey and the panda. And uh, then I also, uh, uh, I think I put up the video, unless it didn't get approved to be put up. But I'm pretty sure I put it up. So did I put it up? Did you put up a video? Of the basketball game? Of you versus your boss? Did you put it up where? On Twitter. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Derek, we're recording a podcast that is going to happen in the future. I can't put things on Twitter now. I have to put them in the future. So <laughs> you have to kind of go with me on this. <laughs> I know. So, you, uh, you, I just wanted to make sure that your boss would be okay with us sharing the whole world, him getting destroyed in basketball. It's on YouTube. Okay. Well, but still, only four people compared to when the millions of our fans. <laughs> and when I say millions, I mean four. Hi, Mom. Um, Ned. Hey, what's up, Ned? Hey, Ned. Hey, Ox. How you doing? Hey, Danny. Danny. Thank you for being on the show. Excited uh, for you to be on. Yeah. Well, Eddie, Eddie, Danny might actually respond right now. <laughs> 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 that that should be pretty funny. Just have him have him record after we've recorded everything. Imaginary Danny. 
<laughs> Hello, Danny. Are you having a good day? <laughs> we'll talk more about Danny later. We're, we're goofballs. Um, oh, was I? Oh, so I have big feet. Okay. <laughs> um, and my big feet um, get a little calloused and beat up. And so I was like, huh, maybe I should get a pedicure. Which I've never got a pedicure. I'm 38 years old and I've never had a pedicure. Nobody's ever touched my feet. My wife refuses to touch my feet. Amen. Yeah. I mean, she does it like if I can't walk. But I'll remember not to hug her again because her hand might touch me and they've touched your feet. Well, she washes her hands. How do I know that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can you edit that out? Because I don't want to offend Melody. Does Melody has, did Melody listen to the first one? She was the first person to listen to it, which was the weirdest part, right? Because then I'm like, I'm like, I was mentioning the story about like I was just mentioning you, and she was like, yeah, I hate that he doesn't like sausage. I mean, what's up with that? And I'm like, how do you know that about Derek? And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot we we have this podcast. That's <laughs> All right, the sausage casing that I mentioned in the yeah, last yeah. podcast. And actually, I was told by somebody that listened to the podcast that told me, Derek, that's not exactly true. There are lots of um, imitation casings that people can use. You might be correct on the H-E-B thing, but there are options for people like you that are disillusioned and think that delicious pork will never help you. Now, also, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying anything about God and the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm just saying in general. Um, okay, I think I'm just going to stop at this point. So I'm trying to understand why you brought up the fact that there could be imitation made sausage casing. I'm not going to be packaging any sausage. Maybe that's what we should do. We should make Derek's. Sorry, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> well done, well done. Sometimes they call it mid-sentence repentance. Oh, okay. yeah. All right, so back to my giant feet. I have big feet. I was like, hey, let's get a pedicure. My wife, who obviously did not need any kind of uh, pushing on this situation, she like looked it up and went to like the found the best place in San Antonio with the lowest prices, but also a nice environment. And she, like within a, like 10 minutes, she had it planned. And let me explain something about this. It's like usually when I explain a cool idea to my, like something that I think is cool, like, honey, let's go to a sweet rap concert. Or, hey, honey, let's go play some uh, uh, laser tag. I promise you, she spends no time registering these things. But I mentioned pedicure. The girl's on her phone already with the information. So Sounds she was like, right. yeah, no, this is what I'm going to do. And I was like, sweet. So... We both were off, and uh, at this point, she one of our favorite things to do, as we talked about last week, is watch movies, but right now, our baby is not trying to let her watch a movie. Um, her legs don't let it happen, so we we're trying to find something we could do where we could uh, spend time together, and so we decided to go with a pedicure, and so I'd never been to a pedicure place before, and so we go in. And the line is like crazy long. This is a Friday during the day. Who has time to do this? I didn't even know this culture existed. <laughs> like there's just hundreds of people. Not hundreds. There's like 50 people in there. And like they're all getting. And it's like a nice place. So it's like, you know, everybody has their own, uh, their own uh, massage chair. Like a leather massage chair recliner. And then it's hooked up to a little thing of water. I feel like anybody that's been to a pedicure, like Jason, just we know. <laughs> but, but we do need to be inclusive for the people that don't know. Which would be the normal people. 
Except for you, Derek, who probably goes to a pedicure and manicure once a week. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I guess you haven't seen my troll feet lately. I try not to stare at your feet. It's... I try not to show them. Actually, one time when my wife and I had an apartment, and uh, so the way, we, the way I revealed my feet to her, I waited till Halloween, and then... Uh, when you were Hall- a hobbit? <laughs> No, but I thought I should. Oh, no. <laughs> but You're one tall hobbit, dude. <laughs> six foot Mexican is what he's referring to. So we started dating in February of 2011. Uh-huh. And then in October of 2011, I planned to show her my feet for the very first time. So that it would scary feet would go with scary theme of Halloween, all of that. So when I showed them to her, she was really accepting and warm to me and said, oh, it's normal, this and that. Of course, a few years after that, we would get married. And then I started feeling a little bit more secure with who I am. And I come from a, a family line of rough, tough looking feet. And I, I was going to leave my socks off as we were going to have guests over to our apartment. But my wife asked me to put socks on and I knew the truth that she did not want my feet seen by the general public. Did she tell you that or do you just assume that? Did you just Jason that up? I confirmed it. Oh, you confirmed it. You were like, honey, and I assume you confirmed this in front of all the friends. <laughs> so you were like, do you hate my feet? <laughs> and then she's like, yes. And then she just cried. And then threw the lasagna platter at you. I don't know. For those who don't know, my wife and I, I cry about 12.2 times more than her. Yeah. I'm the crier of the marriage. Now, in our relationship, who cries more? You cried during the movie preview you know one time. It so. was a really beautiful movie. It was the life of Riley. It was about like... It was well, meet the Rileys. Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> life of Riley is really not... Anyways... It was, well, used to remember, I, you know, it's funny, I never watched that movie. Just that one trailer was really, I mean, it was Gandolfini, and it was like his last movie, and, yeah. He died? <laughs> Why do you make that face? <laughs> yes, Gandolfini died. At least I hope so. I mean, <laughs> I mean, for the, for the, that I've, I hope I didn't just like, murder him in my, <laughs> <laughs> through my, no yes he passed away um a few years ago and so yeah now back to my really long story that i never finished because you interrupted oh no you interrupted because i assumed one thing that was incorrect i've already assumed like two things incorrectly today right like you that you uh, manicure and pedicure all the time and that you had another bookshelf. Now the truth is, you need another bookshelf because all those boxes of books is just insane. What, are, what boxes are you talking about? Oh, are all the boxes of books down? <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I assumed things again, third time. Um. Oh, so what I did is I got the blue Hawaiian. The blue Hawaiian pedicure. Uh, yes. So they had like a bunch of ah. Oh, I left the pamphlet at home. I had the pamphlet in my pocket, which would have been really great for this. But they had like. All these weird ones. But they have the regular one, the cheapest one. And then they have the next one, which is like the multicolor or something. And then they have the blue Hawaiian. So you just made our entire audience think about your 
toes as being colored Hawaiian colors. Um, that's not what happened. What happened is that they pretty much put blue dye in the water for your feet. Then they use like a blue exfoliant to like rub your calves and feet. Um, they actually, my feet sat in a thing of wax. And so that was interesting. Um, and uh, now I'm doing this out of order, so I apologize. But these were the things that happened. And then the craziest part, definitely, was when they pulled out the cheese grater. And I'm pretty sure it was a cheese grater. At least for my foot, it was cheese Well, I looked over at my wife's, and it was like this cute little dainty thing. And mine was just a cheese grater. Like they like somebody just finished grating some cheese for some tacos in the back. And we're like, hey, we should use that on Jason's feet. No, that's not true. It was like, it was a nice one. But still, it was big. Like, And she was just grinding away, and you could just see <laughs> the, the skin just shooting down. And I was like, this hurts. This does not feel good. And that poor lady had to do that. That poor lady. Yeah, she was awesome. And... uh uh, I, I no, it was awesome having a. I, I didn't realize that maintaining my feet would feel that nice, and they, it's nice. They look incredibly nice. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I would say if if I was a pedicurist, is that what they call themselves? I, I have no idea. And you came in for a pedicure, I would quit my life. Right? You would? Would you deny me service? You would not be allowed in. Oh. But it was it was a fun time and it was just cool to be hang. And the best part is it was like an hour long, and while that was happening, I had the massage chair just like going off on my back, and so that was nice. Yeah. Other than there were times where it was like I wanted to like push back, and I couldn't figure out how to sit in the chair without the massage thing going on. Uh, so I didn't really understand how that was gonna work. Mm. So my wife figured it out, but I didn't. So I just sat there with a crazy massage chair going off. On my back. It was great. It was nice. nice. And then we went and picked up some stuff for, uh, went to Baby's RS and uh, picked up some more baby stuff. And then um, went to Ross and went to other places. And then went home and I made uh, sushi tonight for the Weister. So, what kind of sushi? Uh, I made a California roll and a Philadelphia roll. So my wife is real simple. She doesn't need a, you know a dragon roll or something insane like that. She just likes the normal stuff. So, and I already have a bunch of the ingredients frozen. So I just like defrost the pieces I need and then go. And so, but I did have to go to the store and pick up the stuff. Some of the stuff, you know, avocados just don't grow in trees in my backyard or anything. On our first episode, you mentioned old cheese that you put into your ingredients of mm-hmm. your grilled cheese. Any any interesting ingredients? this i mean no i mean when it comes to now one thing i did do today that i probably don't recommend is that i use basmati rice and uh, which is delicious indian rice and it's great um but i cooked it early and i didn't normally use sticky rice and uh it obviously wasn't very sticky and uh, when i make it sticky rice normally i just take any kind of rice and i make a vinegar and sugar mix that makes it sticky. But this time, no matter the amount of sugar and vinegar, I couldn't get it to stick um, because they're longer grains. Um, so I, I figured it out at the end of the time, but I was I was struggling. There was a point where I just sat there for a second. I'm like, what did I do wrong? And then I remembered, oh, I used the Indian rice, so she used the other one and the jasmine. So I didn't use the jasmine. And 
and also because I probably pre-cooked it um, to be prepped, and so it was already cooled down, and so I didn't have time to just make it a little stickier. So, but um, my wife enjoyed it, and then I made some miso soup, and um, that was good. Yes. So. so episode one is that what we're calling these episodes? Yeah, this is episode two. So in episode one, we did find out about Jason's expertise as a movie fanatic. Uh-huh. Episode two, expertise of Jason's cooking. We mentioned my cooking a little last week, too. Did we? But, Chef skills? Yeah. But yeah, we could talk about it again. It's awesome. Okay. I just want to make sure the audience is getting to know <laughs> you a little bit. Well, that's good. I and I love cooking. Uh, as... Uh, as I knew, it's enjoyable. And, uh, you know, I'm still trying to learn all the stuff, you know, trying to reduce the sugars. To I don't even want to think about what my wife's sugar count was after that uh, dinner. It was she. It was enjoyable. It's just I had to have more sugar than normal, trying to make it sticky. And I know I could just get sticky rice. So all the people that, on Twitter that want to tell me Jason just buys sticky rice, I understand. I... I I struggled with it, but you know, in the long run, I haven't made sushi in like, in like, uh, three months because my wife, since probably six months, ever since she got pregnant, she's been on this Indian kick, which is awesome. So I get to make Indian food all the time. So I just was so used to using the basmati rice. I, I, I apologize everybody. I'm sorry, Derek. I'm sorry to my wife. I just, I let everybody down and, and I know I can do better. And you know what? I'm going to do better. Going to do better. Well, even though it's 1244 right now, I'll let you prove yourself right now in the kitchen. So let's stop this podcast and go to the kitchen and you can prepare a great, delicious meal for me. Did you just eat chicken? I did. Like 45 minutes ago? About two hours ago now. Oh, okay. So you're still hungry? Which means I'm up for another meal because I'm on a new diet. And uh, Jason, of course, wants to persecute me for starting diets and then fading off. But currently, I'm trying to do low carb. What diet is this? Number 254? Cutting back on the potatoes, the breads, the pastas, the rice, the beans. It really limits quite a bit of meals out there. It does. Especially in San Antonio, it limits all the tacos. That's sad. I found out today that uh, a flour tortilla has about 18 carbs. It's a lot of carbs. A corn tortilla has eight carbs. Mm-hmm. So I ate my first carne asada tacos today without tortillas. Never done that before. That's not a taco. That's carne asada. But what about if you have lettuce as your tortilla? <laughs> I guess it's a wrap. That's a kind of guess a salad. Lettuce wrap? Sure. But not a taco. I made up the lettuce part. I didn't use the lettuce. I pretty much ate it with a fork. I know. Which is just eating it with a fork. That's a normal thing on a menu. You can order that. It's as long as you didn't Derek. Did you go to the restaurant? And go, I would like the carne asada tacos. Oh, sorry, carne asada. Was it asada or asada? Asada. Asada without the tortillas? No, they gave me the tortillas. You know that if you were to look down to the plates, you would have saw that they had a carne. And I understand that you're not doing carbohydrates. Ah, so the rice you caught and beans it. You caught it. That's would it. not be on there. Exactly. So they don't actually have an a la carte option on the menu. 
for just carne asada. Okay. I feel like our intro today is way longer than our actual show is going to be. I, in my head, didn't know that you actually had a point where your intro was versus everything else. So I was just going with it. No, you're fine. This is, this is how I roll. It's my life. My <laughs> life. It's an um, ongoing introduction. It never gets to the main point. <laughs> yeah. You've been my friend long enough to know that's how that works. Gotcha. 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 So, so, so. But yeah, so that's pretty awesome. You suddenly get a pretty good day, and I had a pretty good day. I guess we can get to some questions, um, I guess. Uh, Or we don't. It's our show, and we could just sit here and talk about that ball. It's a nice ball. I know you use it to work out. That's cool. It's a workout ball. I don't know if this would be very riveting podcasting. So... The question that I did have for today, and it, it stems from in relationships, uh, sometimes um, one of the two people in the relationship can be a, a little bit more controlling. And I, I wanted, in as I've seen, as I've uh, interacted with different married couples, or even non-married couples that um, that do their finances together, they uh, typically um, you have one person who's more of the spender, you have one person who's more of the saver. You know, one person you know more disciplined, and then you have more one person who's a little bit more uh, free spirited. And in in some ways, um, the person who's a, who's more disciplined and structured um, can can use certain language that might hinder, I think, the relationship and uh, that might hinder the relationship. So, so I wanted to have some discussion today about the maybe giving some counsel and perspective to the person who's a little bit more structured, who's more disciplined, the language that they can use as they do try to have responsible finances in their relationship, but still being able to communicate in a way that's effective with their free-spirited partner. So what you're saying, Derek, is that I'm the free-spirited partner in this situation? Is that the reason you're asking me this question? Because you don't think that I am disciplined and in control of everything? Hmm? Hmm? Is that what you think? Hmm? <laughs> You did show up 30 to 40 minutes late for this podcast. (laughs) That's true. And yes, luckily for you, and I'm not offended, this is the situation that I'm in and that I am the free-wielding, freestyling, profiling guy in the relationship. And my wife definitely, you know, she has a master's degree, so she knows what she's doing. Um, So definitely I, I really appreciate how she does things, so... I'll try to explain some things that she does that helps me. Um, I mean, one thing, she just keeps it simple. She's like, yo, uh, try to spend uh, little money. Don't use all of it. And uh, that's how that works. Don't just play. <laughs> uh, you know, what she does is she'll say, hey, this is our budget. And, uh, and then I'll be like, cool, well, I need to eat lunch. And so I'll mention to her, I'm like, hey. 
I think I should have, um, you should just give me a budget for lunch. I'll let you figure out what the best situation is, but I think this would be a good number. And she looks at the numbers. She's like, yeah, we can afford that. So let's do that. Now, the truth is, is that I have like a $80 budget, we'll say. Um, and I am very terrible at sticking to said budget. And my wife will be like, um, I'm not very terrible. I'm like a hundred dollars instead of 80 that situation. Um, but instead of going, well, you're over, you can't eat anymore or you can't do this. (laughs) She'll be like, Hey, you know, we have to pay our phone bill. (laughs) So if you could just. Is there something else we could do? So, hey, would it be cool if I just gave you the $80 in cash? Because you do a lot better when you can see the amount of money that you're using. And this is actually a Jason thing. Like when I know I only have $5, I'm going to be able to figure out how to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner for $5. Now, it's pretty rough, uh, at least, you know, if I'm trying to go out to eat in that situation. But, you know, I'll just look for coupons. I'll find those things and I'll make it happen. But when I don't have to worry about that, then I can just spend $20 and not even think about it. And so with us, it's all about communication. And so what she'll do is she'll be like, hey, this is hurting us when you do that. Um, But if you could just do better at actually making that happen, that'd be great. But again, it's it's her explaining those things and just let me know the details because I don't need to know the whole plan. I just need to know that I'm not making us go poor. Right. And that's the thing that I find effective. And I used to have a, I used to have an old roommate. You you lived in the house with Christian, but you never actually, he never lived there when you lived there, right? Correct. We lived at Christian's house. And so one thing Christian would always do, like when I would have my underwear on the ground in the bedroom, in the, in the uh, living room, He'd be like, Jason, when you get married, your future wife is not going to appreciate this. Why don't you just try to pick it up? I love you, and, you know, I'm not going to kick you out of the house for having your underwear on the ground, but could you just grow in this? And so I got better at it. But the truth is, I still leave my underwear in the in the living room. Not in the living room. In the bedroom. But still, I leave it on the floor sometimes. So I don't know if I 100% learned from that lesson. But I always appreciated the vocalization of the good things and the bad things. And um, instead of just saying I'm wrong. Because mm-hmm. I emotionally, it's hard for me as a freestyling, freewiller dude. I, I don't, I'm already thinking about that stuff. I'm already thinking about how I'm letting you down. But if you can help add me in the conversation and make me feel like I'm helping then you're going to talk me into it. You know what I'm saying? Like the ex- example is I needed to spend less money for our budget. My wife gave me a, let me give the ideas. And I said, Hey, you should just give me a budget for my lunch. I felt helpful. It's really all I did for our budget, for our money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's what I did. Does that make sense? Or am I totally off? No, it, it, it does make sense. It does make sense. And, uh, what have you seen, um, and I know enough about you to know that you have a number of relationships with what we would probably call successful married couples, um, and you've also had you know, relationship, you know, connections with people who've had really rough uh, marriages. 
Um, what have you seen that was largely ineffective when it comes to communicating with, um, again, so the, 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 the saver communicating to the spender? What have you seen that's ineffective um, in, in that space? You're making us go broke. We're all going to be homeless tomorrow. <laughs> and, and you think that would be a joke. But I heard somebody say that, and I'm sitting in a time with people, and they're mentioning this, and I'm just like, "Why? Why would you say?" And it's it's hard because it's like I, um, in most situations um, that I've been in, normally I'm t- I am the free um, wielding person, so a lot of the times that can be the lady. Um, uh, in that situation, it was, and uh, it's like I'm not trying to be on your wife's side here. But if you told me that, I'd probably cry. It wouldn't help me make a decision. It would just make me frustrated and feeling like I'm letting you down. Yeah. And I know, understand that it could be the truth. But I need some kind of, you know, and I think I've told you this before. Um, you always need to make sure that people have a soft landing spot. Mm-hmm. Especially people like me who... <laughs> who go by the seat of their pants or whatever the situation is and their emotions are on their sleeves. And if you just say something, I mean, those words can hurt and those words can hurt your marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've seen that a lot. So I've seen a lot of the times where somebody just is going off the dome, but they're not considering the feelings of the person. And then they're wondering why intimacy and all the other things are off. Um, because they're just saying that they're terrible and they don't believe that. They don't believe that, you know, and I've had to have talks in those situations, but like, do you believe your wife is this? Oh no, no, I love her and she's made my life so much better. And, but you have to vocalize that you can't, um, even if you know, even if you're the best at your business, the best at the finances and all those things, you got to make sure you know your target audience. And if you don't speak to your target audience correctly, you can hurt them and make them never want to be a part of your finances. And so a lot of the times that I've seen is where people just fly off the collar um, and say, hey, this is what, you know, you failed us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but never work with the with their significant other. Never work with them and go, hey, I want you to, I want you to feel like you're being successful here as a team effort instead of um, instead of just forcing it down the throat. So I say it's always remembering that you need to make a soft landing, even if they're totally wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, I've also heard of stories where, you know, people like were like, they just found out that their wife got them in uh, over $10,000 in debt. Mm. And their response is what is wrong with you? That's totally a fair response. The problem with that response is that you're not worrying about how they land. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing is you're making them feel like a failure. Now, did they fail you? Yes. $10,000 in debt without knowing about it is a problem. Sure. But it's it's what kind of communication could you have in that situation? What could you do to make it easier? Um, and, and all you can do is you got to be understanding and talk. Now, again, what I'm not saying is that that person is right they're wrong and that needs to be dealt with in lots of ways absolutely and you know one of the 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 
the lines that comes to mind is, you know, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth except what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it benefits those who listen. And using those two principles in our speech on a regular basis, asking, what can I say here to build this person up according to their needs? What can I say that is beneficial to listen to? I think those, I think you captured that and what you were saying is we want to communicate in a way that's helpful for building the other person up. What do they need to hear? You know, do they need to hear, in most, there's a lot, a lot of times in our interactions, people need to hear, I accept you, I'm with you, I'm by you, I love you, you're important to me. And, uh, and while we can also express disagreement while still expressing all of those um positive, beneficial uh, um, concepts as well. And, uh, and so, and, and I'll even comment too, it's something that comes to mind is when you have that free spirit in the relationship, they, they might want to spend money on everything. You know, and any idea that comes to them they might want to go spend money. If they want to get it to working out, they might want to go buy equipment. If uh, they're at lunch, they want to get a, a you know a delicious meal. And something that comes to mind is encouraging them in what they're doing. So if somebody's trying to get into working out, for example, and you being a champion of them, a great cheerleader, and being supportive of that goal and... and uh, ambition to be healthy to take care of their body to eat differently and uh it's a workout because you, you nobody wants to be the dream killer right and that's what at times that um that the disciplined figure in a relationship can be to the free spirit but you don't want to kill the dream you don't want to kill the ambition you want to build that on up while also implementing some structure that's beneficial for the overall uh, financial picture. That was me dropping the mic. I was playing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And uh, anytime you talk after me, it always makes me sound smarter than I really am. So... <laughs> well, I'm glad we're doing this podcast. Yeah, no, it makes me... This is why I asked you to help me. Because it makes me look like I know what I'm doing, and I, I don't. Uh, maybe I do, but um, that's all by the grace of God. Come on now. Um, so but, yeah. So I know you mentioned budget, and I and I feel like one of the the most incredible things that you accomplished, uh, you and uh, and your wife, is um, you planned a wedding on a very very low budget. I was wondering if you could elaborate and tell our audience. I imagine that some people will be married, but. There's a lot of people that that are not married and that will be going in that direction, or they'll know somebody's going in that, in that direction. And sometimes people don't even have an idea of how you can do it in such a cost-effective way. And I feel like you did that really effectively when you were married, uh, you know, four years back. I think it was five years, but thanks for remembering. You four were... and a half. Okay. I don't remember. I was oh. married six months after you, wasn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. All right. Um, yeah. I mean, now the one thing you should know is that in general, I've always done everything on a low budget. Like when I first started rapping, I didn't have any money. 
So we just put together the studio. Like my first record was recorded with me on a Radio Shack mic on a computer that was my roommate's. And I record, I wrote it, made the beats in Fruity Loops. No, no. In Acid, I think. Uh, it was the it was the program. People know. Don't you judge me right now. <laughs> um, so people know. It, the phrase you used was, <laughs> I wrote it on Acid. <laughs> I wrote my first album on Acid. Okay. People know that, right. that that's a program. <laughs> it is a pro. It was a program. Um, I think it's now Soundforge or was Soundforge. Anyways, I used a computer program called Acid to record the vocals and to make the beats. So I did wrote the vocals, made the beats in two weeks. And then at the end of that, I pressed out a hundred of them and I sold them at like a some kind of conference or retreat or something. And I sold them. So that was good. It's a terrible album, and if you ever hear a copy, I apologize. <laughs> is that before or or after no, Sock Monkey? That is Sock Monkey. So Sock that was, Monkey. That was my first album called Sock Monkey Confessionals. But, <laughs> but I did it, and I, I mean, I even did the uh, album art using like you know uh, Windows Paint, and I just drew a Sock Monkey <laughs> behind bars. It's very hilarious. Um, but it was nice. I like it was. Uh, I just did it for a low budget. Like I didn't spend anything, uh, and I just made it happen. And I made. I mean, I sold a hundred copies for ten dollars or five dollars, whatever I could do it for. So I did make my money back uh, in the time I spent. But uh, and that's how I've always been, and uh, hence the reason I didn't have. Um, I never had credit card debt. In that I just refused to do it. Like I just wanted to make it. So that caused me lots of problems. As I think we mentioned last week. I've gone through lots of cars, um, and that's because I always bought like the hundred dollar car or the five hundred dollar car that lasted like you know. I got this one car once that had like five hundred thousand miles on it. <laughs> <laughs> we called it the Hummer, and uh, it was the car that I actually had the day I moved to San Antonio, which is the day I moved to San Antonio. My car blew up, um, and my friend Lavoie had to come get me and drive me to San Antonio. And moved me here. And so I started here with never having a car. Uh, I didn't have a car for like two years or something like that until an awesome friend of mine, Kelsey. Kelsey. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Kelsey is amazing. And if he's listening to this podcast, you rock and you already know that. So, um, yes. But uh, um, in that situation, that's just how I've always thought. And so... When it came to the wedding, here's the truth. I'm just going to be honest and open about my life. Um, is that I asked my wife, I asked my girlfriend at the time to be my wife. And like three months later, I got fired <laughs> from my job. And so um, when we were getting married, there was no money. Um, and we didn't have any money. And uh, we were like, well, we'll try to figure this out. So I remember calling my parents and... My parents were like, well, you know, all your brothers, I'm the oldest in my uh, out of five, and all my brothers and sisters, or at least my two sisters and one of my brothers had already been married at this point. And my mom was like, no, we already have $3,000 saved, and we can use that for your wedding. So I sat down with my wife, and I said, we're going to put together a wedding for $3,000. That's all we have. That's all we're going to use. 
so now one thing you should know is that I've been a rapper my entire life. Well, not my entire life, but for a long time. And so I have lots of great friends who are amazing, like DJ Sermon, who uh, did the, the, the sound and the uh, wedding, and my friend Danny, who we just talked about, who came down um, just to perform a song that when I asked Melanie to marry me, my wife, I wrote a song for her, and Danny sang it. And uh, then when I was talking to my wife, she's like, hey, I want to walk down to that song. And I was like, okay, let me figure that out. Well, that was not in the budget. And I had already done a bunch of shows with with um, Danny that year. And so he was like, dude, I love you, but I need to spend time with my wife. And if my wife can't come, then in the long run, I'm not going to be able to do it. And I was like, okay, what does that look like? And he's like, if you could just get our airplane flights from Seattle to San Antonio, I'll take care of the rest. I was like, okay. So I look it up and it's like $700 hmm. for uh, flights there and back. And I have no idea I'm going to do it, how I'm going to pull that off. Um, but I just started, I just talked to one of my friends and they wrote me a check and said, I love you. And I want to see that happen. And that was a lot of the things that happened. So, uh, I think money was spent, but it was also because of the investment of time I made in people. Mm-hmm. Some of those things worked really good. So like with the DJ, uh, you know, he can charge crazy amounts of money. Uh, I know people that have spent over five grand for a DJ and even more than that. And as a musician, I'm all about people getting paid for music. <laughs> Um, and so, but you know, he did that for free and that was pretty awesome of him. Um, but then the other things that we did is that, um, I, I created the menu for my wedding and, uh, my grand, my uncle, he has like his own smoker. So what I did is I gave him all the recipes and we made smoked wings, um, for our, our food and we did all those things. And then what I did is I, just found the cheapest way to make to get the meats and do the things, and so just for for our 150 people, we spent less than 500 dollars on food wow. um, for everybody, and that was everybody ate except for us. But that was uh, a mistake that I uh, that was that was silly. But uh, we got something, but it was all cold, and no offense to my parents or whoever messed that up. <laughs> it was probably you, Derek. <laughs> You're like, hey, this is for Jason. I'm going to eat it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that 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 whole wedding. I don't remember if we. I know we talked about Kevin in the first mm-hmm. episode, and then uh, and how Kevin actually had passed away. So Jason's best man passed away the day before the uh, the wedding. Yeah, and, and that, that was pretty hard. The only, uh, the one thing that always made me smile in that situation is I used to always, before, and then the, the oddly timed, but um, Derek and uh, Kevin were are my, you know, Kevin was one of my best friends and Derek is my best friend. And at that time they were both my best friends. And so I used to joke with Derek that he was my backup best man. This is before all this happened. <laughs> and then, and then this happens and then it's like, oh, that's. That's how my life works is that I say dumb stuff and then it comes true or whatever the situation is. And, uh, man, I am super grateful for you being there because you really made that day way less difficult. Um, and I feel like we'll probably spend a lot more time on that one day. Um, yeah. And uh, that 
it's so hard when you, especially you lose somebody that he wasn't just like my best friend, but he was like a father figure. And you know how that is. You, yep. you had him in your life too. And he was just one cool dude. And then you know, we're actually naming our son after him. Right. And so his name's going to be Boston and Kevin went to, uh, to, uh, Harvard and, uh, you know, he, uh, he, uh, he, you know, oh, so many good stories. We might have a whole podcast just about Kevin. Why not? Cause we can, but, uh, he was a really cool dude. And, uh, but yeah, and so, yeah, well, in that situation, yeah, no, there's a lot of things I don't remember about that day, but I do know that we got lucky a lot of the times. We were willing to ask as many questions and find out every, we didn't, what we realized is that we want everybody to be encouraged, but we want to do it in the money we have. Right. A lot of times people go, well, you know what? I'm going to get married and I'm just going to spend crazy money. And I've been to weddings and they were beautiful that were over $50,000. Oh and I don't, as a, as a visitor for those weddings, that was awesome. <laughs> and the four course meals and those kind of things. And like these crazy DJs, like with their own dancers. So cool. But I just knew that I wasn't going to go. I wasn't going to put me and my wife in debt so we could entertain our friends. Right. But I was going to do my best to put on a great show. And that's how I've done everything. Like, if I'm going to put on a show, I'm going to make sure there's a profit. If I'm going to cook dinner, I'm going to make sure that it's a small amount. And so in that situation, you just got to go against the better job. And you're, you're, I just want everybody to look how awesome it is. We had a pretty cool wedding at an amazing venue that... Um, we just got, it just happened, but we, we prayed about it. And I remember going, Hey God, please help this work out. But then how my parents had a budget for me mm-hmm. and how all my friends, um, went out of their way to like help me out. And, and I gave them options. I wasn't trying to like make people pay for stuff they didn't want to pay for. Sure. And then I have a great family. And so my family did all the labor and stuff. Um, and then all my amazing, uh, friends from church. We're there and they help too. And, and, uh, but I do think if you just try to stay in your means, wonderful things will happen. And, and in that situation, God did bless. I mean, we probably put on a $10,000 wedding for three grand, mm. but it was just checking and checking and checking. And don't just go for the first shot, go for the 10th shot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and be okay. With things not being perfect, because the truth is, is that you get to spend the rest of your life with that person. And mm-hmm. so many times, you know, did you realize that when it comes to um, weddings, that the same exact cake you would get for a birthday, if you were to get a five to your cake for your birthday compared to a five to your cake for a wedding, it's like four times the price. Oh, wow. Because there's, I mean, people know they're going to make money off weddings, mainly because people know that other people are paying for it. And they know that they're going to be in a, they know that the people just don't want to deal with all that drama. Um, but you can still get good deals. You know, I mean, like with our cake, I lived with the, I lived with the family and the lady that made our cake was the person. She was an amazing cake maker. And, uh, you know, she hooked me up with a good deal. But that was pretty much everything. Everything was just friendships and relationships that I had built through the years. But you just got to be willing to remember it's for you and her, not for everybody. 
And yeah, you want to entertain your friends and family and you want them to enjoy themselves. But you, I mean, I promise you when you go to a restaurant, you might spend $15 for that meal, but that meal's only going to cost two to $3 to make. Right. <laughs> and that's including labor. You know what I'm saying? Like they're trying to make the profit margin. And so in that situation, why wouldn't you think that same way for your own wedding? Mm-hmm. You can put on a great show, a great thing and not spend as much money. Now, you still want to, there's some things that I even told my wife, there's some things that if you want, we're going to put it in there. And if it costs more money, it's fine, but we're just going to figure it out in the other processes to make it. Does that make sense? Is that, is that helpful? It does. It does. And I, and I appreciate that. The, um, thinking about what's financially responsible, um, and what's, what's the discipline responsible um, way to approach big financial expenses and uh, and that's a big expense and like you mentioned um, it's it's not it's it's common it's very common to see uh, weddings 10,000 20,000 30,000 I think what the average wedding is over Mm 20,000 these days yeah that's correct and uh, it it's crazy to think about all that stuff. And, you know, the the thing I didn't explain is that, honestly, I didn't have a, I didn't get a job until like, uh, I want to say six months, six to eight months after we were married, which was really hard. Um, and, you know, I've always spent my entire life as like a vagabond, vagabond rapper dude. Just like, you, you lived to me, you know how that is. I would like rap and then I would work a part-time job and then maybe have a full-time job for a little bit and then change it. But when I got married, I was like, okay, I have to change the way I do this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was hard and it emotionally was hard. And then again, I go back to the communication factor back to when you were talking about the finances and even any relationship, if you can have great communication, you know, when a good example is when my wife would come home and I'd have a terrible day. And we all have that where it's like, you're just not motivated because you failed so much at looking for jobs. And she'd be like, Hey, how's your day? And I'm like, yeah, I didn't do nothing. I didn't cook dinner. I didn't wash the dishes. I, and I'm, I'm sorry. And instead of going, what's wrong with you, you're letting us down. It was like, okay, you're going to do better tomorrow. Um, is there anything I can do now? Um, and you know, and there were days where it was like, weeks in a row and it wasn't like she just was like forgetting about it she'd get a little more sterner she'd go she's like what can i do to help you do you want me to make a plan for the jobs that you apply for or those kind of things but she did that gradually and that really helped me and 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 i think that that's what made me go okay i could do this and i was able to get a really cool job i was able to do those things um and I think that's the trick is that with relationships, you want to get, you want to be not alone. Right. And so sometimes you, you look past the things, the red flags that are going to hurt you because you just don't want to be alone. And the truth is I waited until I was 33 to get married because I just, I had saw it happen so much in my friends' lives and my family's lives where they just went with whatever they got instead of going, okay, 
Let me be what I can. Let me be what I want. Let me be somebody that loves people and serves people and takes care of people and does those things. And then I'll get that. And that's what happened. Um, it's still not easy. I mean, would I tell you that marriage is perfect and that uh, we never fight? Now, don't you make a joke there, Derek. But uh, <laughs> we fought like twice. Um, twice in four and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there are definitely days where she doesn't agree with me and I don't agree with her. But just the way we communicate um, is different. And I think it was worth the time. So if I could tell anybody something, is it make sure you're looking and don't just make a decision because you're alone and that you want to be with somebody. Make a decision somebody's going to help you move closer to your goals, but also somebody that you can take care of. Mm-hmm. And you need to make the decision. I mean, I, I told this to Derek when he was trying to uh, find his lady love. And I mean... <laughs> Would I tell you, would I be truthful to tell you that you're not going to fight and you're not going to get angry? That would not be true. But if you decided in your heart that you could stick with this person, then you can do it. And I, and I believe that. And I think that's amazing. And I think when it comes to communication, when it comes to finances, when it comes to planning your wedding, the truth is we're all going to like... You have to re-fall in love with your wife. I've been married for four and a half years, and I've had to re-fall in love with her. There are definitely weeks and months where I'm like, hey, this isn't the person I remember. Mm -hmm. Well, that's because she's growing and becoming differently, and I need to fall in love with that person too. And it's the same thing for her. I mean, she did not, um, she did not, when she signed up for this, she didn't sign up for the dude that was going to leave all of his undergarments on the floor. Right. But she also knows that I'm going to take care of her, and I'm not going to give up. I'm going to be there and she's, but she's had to re-fall in love with the, the man that I've become through the years. And I hope that I've become, I, I appreciate my friends and the saying, Hey, just, I see that you've grown. I've seen you do those things, but that's because I've been around love and I've had amazing people in my life to help direct me into growing in that love. And so I guess we have a theme today, which is great, uh, which is relationships. And I just think don't, don't just try to not be alone. As I said, I really honestly wasn't, and you know, you were around for this. I wasn't really 100% sure that I was ever going to find somebody that would be cool with marrying a old rapper guy. Um, but I, I did. And now we're having a baby. That's right. And uh, That's right. it's pretty cool. Now, uh, one thing I would say, my wife is a... Uh, is an event planner, so that probably also helped with our saving money <laughs> for the wedding. But her event planning with my low budget uh, rap skills uh, probably made it really good. But it was just, you know, yeah, you want the best, but you can get the best for quality, and uh, just decide what you need and what you don't need. You know, again, one of the other cool things is that our honeymoon was given to us. Did I say this last week? I don't think so. Or somebody actually invested in our honeymoon because they appreciated me and my wife's purity. That we had never kissed in our relationship. That we had never been with each other until the day we got married. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is not an easy feat. Sure. Um, and that was to God's glory in that situation. And it was really cool that my 
my family thought that that was something that was admirable and that was worth um, taking care of. And, you know, we get to go on a cruise and cruises are awesome. Um, though, bummer on cruises this last cycle because of all the Zika stuff. We pregnant so we couldn't go on mm-hmm. a cruise. But hopefully that changes and that'd be cool. But anyways, yeah. Good stuff, my brother. Good stuff. Okay, freestyle time. So I show up at Eric's house a little bit late. I had to learn to apologize and do what wasn't great. Hey, yeah, it's always hard to apologize when you gotta learn about the people looking to the ass. And Derek's not the easiest guy too Cause he's always trying to be a smart aleck and be cool Anyways, I'm just saying it's gone And I'm trying to breathe out loud and know when the song Hey, So I showed up and he made some pizza No, wait, some chicken I don't remember, only if I can't break it It's all the same, hey He had Sergio Wolfo anyway They did a chill time and they want to stand why What am I doing if I get it gone? Fly there's a workout room with all kinds of stuff in it I don't even know what's going on Ballin' in it, now we're in his house With a kitty poster Knew that I was gonna be down and I got a roaster Make fun of people only if I gotta hang in there <laughs> Please just hang in there I'm looking around, I'm waiting how Waiting down, huh There's no doctor save this time anyways how What am I gonna say, uh Feeling like I'm running my way, uh got the power and I got the pain We got each other and we losing my way Hey, guess what? I got a pedicure It was blue Hawaiian and I thought about it, sir Yes, I let somebody spend hours on my feet <laughs> Derek doesn't spend hours on his feet I guess I understand what's going on now They had a cheese grater, it was kinda funny how When it wow, must I break it down? Must I breathe out loud and hear it now? But now we get to the serious part Awesome wife how do you make a marriage work? How do you keep it right? How do you have a cheap wedding without going over? Yeah, I did that well, but that's my wife, yo. We always try to speak together with respect and have communications that we got to fill it. Yeah, yeah. And I really try hard. And yeah, I lost a lot of jobs, looking like a superstar. Huh? Being a rapper sometimes don't work out, but that's okay. Huh? My guys are making wow, and my wife is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Other than Jesus, of course, yes, three. I know what I'm doing in my baby, huh? Only if I got to turn it up and fill it nine. See, we work together, trying to make it right. Don't spend too much money, yeah, we keep it tight. We keep it real, keep it real, cause we know what's right. We know what we're doing and we try to live it right. Trying to live it real, trying to praise his name. Trying to do it for each other and we live in way. Hey, I guess that's the freestyle today. I hope you have a good night. Anyway, hey. Here we go. All right. See you later, guys. Oh.